What did we just watch, Amy? We watched The Big Night, which is what we watched for Valentine's Day, even though it's not a Valentine's Day movie, which we didn't know going into <laughs> it. We didn't go into it going, oh, this will be so romantic. Right, right. We, <laughs> we thought we should watch a movie for Valentine's Day, but maybe not about... Yeah. Romance. <laughs> Romance? Ra- I was going to say rom-com, but oh. it, it came yeah. uh, out. I mean, of course, there are romantic relationships in, yeah, sort of. in this. <laughs> That's often a common theme in film. Yes. A source of conflict and whatnot. It often is. It was a source of conflict in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. It is more kind of in the independent sphere of making films. Yes. Which can be a little harder for Amy. Um, I had that thought when we were watching it. Um, but I did okay. Yeah. It takes its time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really intentional, too, with, like, the big meal at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, the pace of the film is kind of slow um, plotting. Leading up to... Leading up to the big night. The big night of the title. Um, I guess it's just called Big Night. They have no article in front of it. Yes, it's just Big Night. It's just Big Night. Big Night. It's really hard not to put an article in front yeah. of it. Big Night. Um, it's got everybody in it. It does have a lot a lot of people. Yeah, we watched the trailer it, beforehand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Alice and Janie popped up. And then Benny Driver's there. And... Uh, I, I yeah. would say, I don't know, if, I would say this is a character-driven film rather than a plot-driven film. Yes, absolutely. Um, which is what it is. Just, yeah. Well, and, and it works well because of that, because it's got so many great character actors in it. Right, yeah. So, a lot of good people. A very small film, like, like in very few places, mm-hmm. a really tight, like strong cast mm-hmm. um very tight timeline like it happens over maybe a week yeah and the majority yeah. of the film is on the big night like it is it is mostly over the course of one long night yeah uh well the day of and then the night of this big dinner party yeah well i think we should back up because this is a film from 1996 and it's not Probably not a lot of people have heard of it the way that they've heard of uh, some of the last ones we've talked about. And this one isn't even in the Criterion collection, so we can't claim. We can't claim that it's that, like that. It is, oh, I mean, it I should be, be su- known because it's I wouldn't in the be surprised if it showed up in the yeah, Criterion. Yeah, I was some thinking point. this feels like a Criterion movie yeah, to me. This, I um, mean, it's, it's it feels like that in the in the sense that like so many Criterion movies are unique. This is unique. There are, there, you know, every time I, I pick a movie out of the Criterion Collection, I'm like, this is going to be unlike any other movie. Well, and I, I don't know if Stanley Tucci has written and directed any other films. I don't know that he has. Now that I'm going to Google could, it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he written he had written and directed this until the opening credits. Like, yeah. I knew he was in it. Um, well, that's no help, Wikipedia. Should have thought of this question before we started. No, Stanley Tucci. I got him on ooh, IMDb. Writer and director of Final Portrait. Uh, uh, Independent Lens. He was an episode of that. Blind Date. Joe Gould's Secret and The Imposters. I have heard of none of these. No. Um, 
So must Blind be. Date was another Stanley Tucci movie, so he wrote and directed it. Um, a, a smaller films. Yes. Yeah, it looks like he writes and directs films that he can then star in, because The mm-hmm. Imposters is also one of those. Um, although Final Portrait doesn't appear to be a Stanley Tucci, although it does have Tony Shalhoub in it. Mm-hmm. Um, worked together before. Yeah, and uh, yes, and Tony Shalhoub was the other main character in the movie, as much as they were the main characters. Like, it, it is really an ensemble, ensemble piece. Yeah. That's uh, proving Joseph Campbell. Wrong? Incorrect. Again? Or just not incorrect, not universal. <laughs> Which is Versus. funny because I was thinking, like, man, this this adheres to a lot of the Aristotelian unities of time and place and <laughs> not strictly, but generally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Big Night, 1996, Big night. small film. Yeah, in, like in, it, it premiered at Sundance. Like, this is yeah. a little independent film. And it's set in the 1950s. 50s, yes. I believe. And it's about two brothers played by Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. Their names are Primo and Secundo. Which is great. It's a great little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and Tony Shalhoub's character Primo is the chef. Stanley Tucci, Secundo is kind of the restaurant manager. Tour. Yeah, um, and they own a restaurant. They own a restaurant. They're trying to make it very authentic Italian, yeah. but in 1950s New Jersey, yeah. East Coast, somewhere mm-hmm. area, uh, the Americans are not. I'm not prepared for risotto. Are, are not having it. <laughs> it is too strange. Um, that freaking the opening scene with the woman getting the risotto. Yes, was did you recognize very, her? Yes, I did. She was on um, Maisel. She's Maisel's mother-in-law. She's Mrs. Maisel. She's the Mrs. other, the, the other, other Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't. I recognized that. I recognized her. I had to go look her up because oh, I was like, okay. I don't know who this is. Um, but I did recognize that. I recognized her um, as the customer who was very confused by this Italian dish. This risotto. <laughs> this risotto. Asking, and it comes with a side of spaghetti, right? right? <laughs> no meatballs? No meatballs in the spaghetti? <laughs> what is this? Well, the risotto's a starch, and you can't have a starch in a starch. <laughs> so their restaurant is not doing well. It's struggling. Because they are not um, uh, catering to the clientele's yes. taste. They are making very authentic and apparently very good uh, Italian food. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Primo is considered to be an excellent chef by everyone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And there's this sort of rival yeah. restaurant. Um, right, it's another Italian restaurant mm-hmm. in the corner, which is like uh, uh, like McDonald's Italian yeah. playland, <laughs> sort of. It's like hyper-Italianized. Hyper- American Italianized. Hy- yes, yes, not actual Italian. Um, and their spaghetti comes with meatballs, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> and they have music, and mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be are? very Americanized yes. Italian. Although a lot of the Italian food we think of in the U.S. is from Italian immigrants in the U.S. changing their cuisine based yes. on what was available here. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's spaghetti there's an interesting is, history is of all Italian-American that. Italian-American yeah. dish. Yeah. Um, but it is not an Italian-Italian dish by any stretch of the imagination. Right. right. Um, um, so that restaurant is doing much better. Mm-hmm. And so there's just, um, in the course of a day or a week, a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. they're going to um, put together a, a big night. 
Yeah, well, like so a showcase the, the, meal. The owner for... of the restaurant across the way, who's been trying to get them to come and work, get them to come work with him for a very long time, yeah. and they won't. Yeah, um, he's like, look, I know this. I know this famous singer. I will. I'll tell him to come to your restaurant. He's in town this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throw him a big night. It'll be great for business. Um, throw a big party, and he'll tell everyone to come to your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they basically use like all of their money. Like there's this new Stanley Tucci's. Like how much is left? It's like sixty seven dollars um, to throw this giant dinner party. You know they've got fifteen twenty guests. Um, he, you know, pulls out all the stops, making his most impressive dishes. Um, and like even the soup was like had people like moaning with how good it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they made the the timpano, timpani. Yeah. The big. I think it was timpano. Timpano. It was like a. It was like, like a, a dome, dome of pasta full of other pasta and other things baked in a pie. Yeah. Thing. It looked well, really good. Yeah. I wanted to eat one. Well, apparently it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it's earth shattering. Yeah. So I mean, I like. I would say the second half of the film is on the meal yes I yeah, the say. second half of the film is like when the dinner party starts and that takes us through the rest of the night yeah and the, like everybody is having a great time it's mm-hmm. the best meal of their lives yeah although this singer guy is very late he's, he's taking his yeah. time to show up yeah. that's singers for you that's the art people but they gotta serve the food or it's gonna like dry out yeah. and you know and so they serve it and it's delicious and everybody loves it and uh primo's like girl that he's got kind of a crush on who's a florist showed up played by Allison Janney. Yeah. Meanwhile, Secundo is juggling two women. Yeah. One of yeah. whom is married to the restaurateur. Yeah, I did. That wasn't clear to me while watching. I'm, I'm clarifying <laughs> right now. I couldn't tell if she was his wife or his daughter. I think it was wife. It, yes, yeah. I cleared it up okay. here, which makes more sense for the, the conflict. <laughs> but played by Isabella Rossellini, and she looked like a 1950s star <laughs> in this film. She was real good. Oh, she just she just had that look. Yeah. I did not know she was the daughter of Ingrid Bergman. I just clicked on her Wikipedia page and <gasps> discovered that. That's neat. Got it in her blood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she, she did a great job and, uh, Minnie Driver with an American accent, which really confused my brain. <laughs> yeah. After watching so much of, um, Speechless. Speechless. She's very <laughs> she British. uses her normal accent. And almost, this is the thing about watching, to, right now, watching things in the 90s for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of these actors look younger today <laughs> than they did in the 90s. I am not sure what we are doing with skincare and but it's lighting working. and photography. <laughs> yeah, and Alice and Jenny played the florist. She was real good. Um, a relatively small role. Like, it didn't have a lot of screen time but I thought she brought a lot to it she did a lot with it and yeah. was, I mean Alison Janney's amazing yeah. we both love her on, on Mom and she was great on West Wing yeah. back in the day this is, this is understated yes this but was still not as present not as big as some of the roles like physically she's because she's very good at physical yeah. comedy yeah. and that sort of stuff don't bite me also a baby Mark Anthony Yes, I don't know who Mark Anthony is, but I know that name. I know he's famous. He's a singer. Okay, he. Well, I think he was married to J Lo. Okay, and they have some kids together. Yeah, he played the waiter. Um, who? Who? I don't know. If had any lines? Was was very quiet, but always sort of present in the restaurant yeah. and helping out. 
he was a baby. Let's see, he was born in 1968. He would have been 30, wait, math, bad. 28. Oh, gosh. He looked like he was, like, like, 16. He looked looked like a baby, yes. He was very young. Um, Yeah, so. Then Lee Schreiber was in it, uh, kind of as a cameo. He was the doorman at the Italian. Oh, yeah! Um, (laughs) He was also a baby. Yes, he was also a baby. Um, there was the Cadillac dealer. I don't know if that was anybody famous, but I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he was yeah, funny. he was <laughs> just folded it right in. Yeah, like, just just always just folding these storylines, and it feels like it all fits. Yeah, so it kind of matches the pace of like the cooking because the kitchen is yeah pulling is all these different things together. In what's going on, the interactions in the kitchen mm-hmm. are are some of the best moments. I think well yes. choreographed, acted, oh, filmed. Yeah. Well, the freaking, the final scene of the movie. That was the best. Oh, I just, I just, like, I had no idea it was coming. Like, apparently, I, I, when I pulled up YouTube after we were watching it, and the trailer still was still pulled up, like, one of the suggested films was, like, the omelet scene. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is now. Um, I think watching it in isolation would still be good, but not as powerful as having watched this entire movie. Um, for those That it comes at the end. For what you haven't seen, um... Turns out the the singer was never coming. It was a lie um, by the other restaurant manager to sort of ruin the brothers so they would have to come work for him. Um, And it's devastating to sort of find that out. And and then they have a big fight and um, Secundo's girlfriend finds out he was cheating on her. And, like, she runs away, Minnie Driver's character. And... Primo and Secundo have a big fight on the beach that felt very real and mm-hmm. very honest. Um, and, I mean, like a lot of Sundance indie sort of comedy <laughs> dramas, it's very ambiguous and it ends and it's sort yeah. of over. But the final scene is, like, after this incredibly long night, like, you know, it's 4 a.m. or yeah, something. Yeah, they've been up all night eating this meal. Um And entertaining guests and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Stanley Tucci's character, Secundo, comes in. And Mark Anthony is sleeping on the prep table <laughs> and he wakes him up and he gets out a pan and he cracks some eggs and he cooks an omelet. And this is all like one shot. It's just yeah. one subtle choreographed, like stationary camera, just people living in the moment sort of mm-hmm. thing. And he cooks an omelet and then he cut, gets two plates out and then Primo comes in and he sort of stands there. And he gets a third plate out, and he gives him some of the omelet. And then they sort of sit and put their arms around each other, and then the movie ends. No dialogue. No dialogue. None whatsoever. No dialogue. None necessary. Um, and just uh, just a perfect piece of film. <laughs> Coming at the end yeah. of everything else like yeah. it did. No, don't bite me. Quite a denouement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something... I don't really have anything to... To compare it to, like it was, it felt unique to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure other films have done similar. Oh sure, yeah. Well, there's there's a movie I have on my list um, that I've been meaning to watch. Um, I was thinking about picking it up in the next Criterion sale, actually. Um, which is, I think it's called like Jean Dielman. It's it's like Jean or Jean. It's a French name, um, and then an address which I can't remember, like 1800 something something. Mm-hmm. That is a considered like 
one of the best like feminist films of the 70s mm-hmm. um, and it's mostly like her going about her day like in very minute detail mm-hmm. and like she cooks dinner for her kid and it's it's very specific and fixed oh and then you know a guy comes over and she turns a trick um, and that's sort of like the, the structure of the film mm. um, but very very intimate and quiet and so it reminded it, it felt like I think what that movie might be like I haven't seen it so I don't mm-hmm. know but that sort of like quiet focus on minute details and lovely like just acting yeah i always wonder if that's how what kind of like naturalism in the theater feels like feels like because that we don't we don't have a a living reference for naturalism yeah i don't i don't know of anybody doing naturalism in the theater i haven't heard of anyone doing it lately Um, at all but yeah just the really minute Mm -hmm. every day but but so precise in everything where every little thing makes a difference and yeah. the, the moments and the breath and the, the taking the well, time yeah taking time it's slow but it's not it's not like paced incorrectly yeah like when you're it's not slow things. you're not waiting yeah you're experiencing yeah yeah and taking time just as they were mm-hmm. taking time the food takes time mm-hmm. they're in the kitchen all day prepping the things and they have a rhythm yeah yeah it felt very much like the brothers like lived in the kitchen like they did a good job of bringing that feel to the forefront um i sometimes feel like when you see kitchens in movies they're very stylized and very unrealistic but yeah that's not the goal is to depict kitchen life (laughs) right right and it's well, and and this, these days when we do get peeks into kitchens, it's so like frantic and yeah. And this is such a slow, mm-hmm. like two, methodical. Two or three people in there doing mm-hmm. some things. Yeah, um, I mean, reminiscent of not that the movie was doing this, but like the sort of stuff you see on like Jared Rooms of Sushi or the Chef's Table, where it's very much you know slow food. <laughs> Before that was a term. Yeah. Um, and about doing it right. Yeah. And there's not really... It's it's set in the 1950s, and so I wondered, too, like, what the thought process behind it, why it was set then. I, I kind of wondered if one of the writers maybe had, like, this was a story they knew from a family. Yeah. Um, but it also made me think of... Because there's, there's not a lot of... Well, there's really, there's really no exposition or backstory. Mm. We're just you know, no, nothing in it media come ray out of, of the, the dialogue and like you know we know they've got an uncle back in Italy who's got a restaurant and, and he's, he's asked him to come back. Rome, yeah, and I'm not even I can't I'm not sure what region of Italy they're from, but it did make me wonder too of you know it didn't sound like they'd been in the U.S. for more than a couple of years mm-hmm. and what they probably had been through coming out of World War Two mm-hmm. and Mussolini and um, I I used that as part of the backstory for yeah. Secundo and like why he wanted to stay so badly mm-hmm. in the US after seeing what well, like what those, those horrors yeah. um in and, the fascist and Italy. The sort of the the viewing the US and sort of the American the the idealized American dream as the sort of opposite of that in a lot of ways, in in a very like propagandistic way, but, right? He wants that Cadillac. Yeah, he wants that Cadillac. Yeah, it's 
very important. That's that's the right choice for him. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is what you need to do. Yeah, um, if you hear something gently flapping, that's Felicity's feather stick. We're trying to distract her. Um, so far, it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> She's slowly losing interest. Oh no! Yeah, I was thinking about this too. Like Stanley Tucci's one of those actors that, like, I know very well. Like, I I feel like I've seen him in lots of things. He is in he, lots of things. But then, like, looking at his, I, yeah, he's got a hundred and. 33 acting roles listed on his uh, IMDb. I just saw that. Yeah, he's in a lot of big things. He's in a lot of big things. He's rarely the lead in anything, though. He's very much that sort of character actor, that sort of second, you know, not second field, but, you know, secondary actor, secondary role. Um, And this made me sad about that a little bit, because he did a really good job. (laughs) Like, he brought a lot to that. (laughs) Yeah, if Hollywood would, you know, redefine who can be a leading actor. Um. He apparently was Merlin in Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, I knew he was in The Hunger Games. He was, you know, he he was Caesar yeah. Flickman. And I mean, those, he yeah. may have that approach where he's in big owl blockbusters to make the money to do this. Oh, I'm sh- I suspect that's to. true, yeah. Throw <laughs> <laughs> the stick, just go for your walked arm. Walked over and bit my arm. <laughs> Buddy. Yeah, he's in he's in lots and lots of things. Yeah. He's I mean he's he's never lacking for work. Well, and he did this with Campbell Scott was the co mm-hmm. writer director. I don't know who that is. Should he I? he was the reporter, I believe. He appeared as a reporter. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 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 guy who's going to write the story about it. Hmm. Um, yeah, you tell him. <laughs> yes, he was the reporter. I just looked at his picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he hasn't written or directed much either. I think He's more of an actor. Yeah. He's also more of a TV. Yeah. Um, but no, he... Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, it was... I was expecting it to be funnier than it was. I think because the trailer very much sent it in that mm-hmm. direction. The trailer was one of those, like, here's all the funny bits. Yeah. Um, and it's not... It's it's a funny movie. It is not a comedy in the strictest sense. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the, it's the little unique, weird little indie film where we don't need a structure. <laughs> We don't need a genre. We can be what we want. Well, it has a structure. Yeah. No, it has a structure. <laughs> it would be bad if it didn't have a structure. Well, it, it, it's just not the. It's not the linear. Yes. Plot driven. Um, yeah, there's, there's. It's not. Mouse hunt came to mind all of a sudden, like that sort of slapstick. Yeah. Which it could have gone. It in could that have gone very farcy, yeah. door slamming, but not at oh, all. But it. Yeah. No, much more character driven yeah. and fun. And, and more in the dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Camp serious things. So, yeah, we watched this on Canopy, the library's app. Yeah. For watching. Watching fun movies. All kinds of movies. I, this was this is a little thing. I said this to when we were picking out a movie. It was Valentine's Day, and I'm like, oh, let's go find like something that like fits 
Valentine's Day, maybe not direct necessarily a rom-com, but, and we went to like Hulu and Amazon and nobody, there was no like category of like Valentine's movies. Yeah. Like there were for Christmas, Christmas or thanks or Halloween. Thanksgiving, Halloween. And I'm like, why is I'm through my Valentine's movie categories? Yeah. And then I went to Canopy, and it had like seven different categories of different things. Not yeah. just Valentine's Day, but they had like romance, like sappy romance, like rom-coms. Then they also had like three or four different Black History related categories because Black History Month is going on yeah. right now. Canopy has a genre game. It's it's got some strong point. curation, yeah. uh, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. We we didn't pick a movie out of one of those, but it was. It was nice to be able to look at those and see, like, human-curated yeah. lists. It yeah. felt human-curated in a way that a lot of those lists don't. Yeah. <laughs> Machine-generated. Yeah, algorithms. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was nice. Yeah, Canopy. Yeah. Maybe your library has it, too. Yeah. Although some libraries have gotten rid of it because it's very expensive. Because it's not a nonprofit organization. It's not like libraries got together and put this together which would have been cool mm. it was a company it's a startup that figured out how to do this and it's like oh we can sell it to libraries for more than we would for consumers because libraries overpay for all of their media yeah. which is annoying yeah libraries are still great support your local library and they don't mind paying more for them although they shouldn't have to <laughs> Oh, so yeah, smaller libraries are yeah. going to have less resources. But. Yeah. Um, although the Grapevine Library gives you 10 rentals a month, whereas the Austin gives you three. The Grapevine Library is on point, too. Yeah, yeah we it's, visited that. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> they have a 3D printer. They do. I bet that the Central. Austin oh, yeah, Central Branch has one. I remember that was a big deal when they were announcing oh. it. And some people were mad about it because it's like, it's a library. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of libraries loan out tools. Yeah. And, like... Libraries are an amazing public service that help people. Libraries, as someone pointed out on Twitter, libraries are one of the few places that you can just go and be for as long as you want. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. You can just exist in a space. And that is so rare. Although I really wish that more libraries let you have a cup of coffee. <laughs> I really wish that was the case. Does our library not let you have coffee? I don't think they want food or drink. Mm. I, you have to like. Be I understand clever and hide. that. Um, I know, but you can go into Barnes and Noble. You can, and and but there's that pressure to buy at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> there is, there is. But you could just pour your coffee right over the books. Like, <laughs> that gives me just like the terrifying memories of going working at Barnes and Noble in high school, which that never happened. I did find coffee cups all over that store. Oh yeah, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I just put this on no, the shelf I'm done here. Now. <laughs> like what? Just just in the middle of the mysteries was just yep. a coffee cup you left there. Yep, I cool. did that. Yep, yay. <laughs> I don't remember anybody ever um, just pouring a cup of coffee on all the books. Though. I mean, I hope they wouldn't do that. But no. that, that's the fear, right, yes. of, of drink and food in libraries, yes. is that you will, you will ruin spill them. it and, and make a mess. Yeah. But uh, coffee and books they go well together. Well together. <laughs> I think that's why most Barnes & Noble's have coffee shops. Yeah. And <laughs> all the coffee shops are too busy and loud Yeah. to, yes, Felicity... And full of people writing their great American novels. <laughs> yeah, it's not coffee shops are not a relaxing environment to no. be reading. 
we're writing. For me. Some people love the noise. Anyways, we've wandered <laughs> quite a bit. Big night. It's a fun movie. As we do. <laughs> it was a big night. Um, makes yeah. you want to eat some real Italian food. Don't. <laughs> don't. You're on the floor now. Floor kidding. Ow. Yeah, I, I'm bleeding. <laughs> So, we so, know it's been a successful podcast. Ow, now she's biting my feet. When one or both of us are bleeding. Maybe we should just rename this to the Felicity Podcast. And we just sit Our here. Our cat is much nicer to us when we're not recording a podcast. I just want to let it be clear. Sit here and wait for her. We'll set it all up like we're going to talk about movies. And then whoever gets scratched first gets a point. <laughs> So painful. Whoever can get her to nuzzle the the, the uh, microphone. microphone gets another point. First person up to ten. That's a lot of points. Wins the game. Ow, that one, that's gonna hurt. I bleed a little um, bit too. All right, that, that we're done. Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.